Hello, and welcome to RPX's Character Roll-Up. This month, we are rolling up for Mutants in the Now, or should I say Mutants in the Next? I get to be your host this week. I am David, and I am going to be screen jockeying this particular group. With me in Discord order, why don't we start at the top? Oh, hey, this is Adam. I've been looking forward to doing this for this particular roll-up for quite some time. I was at Gen Con when David finagled a copy of Mutants in the Next. Was that the one that you got up there? It is. Awesome. I heard about it, and we've made jokes beforehand about making mutants on another podcast. One last night that our friend Crazon, a review cultist, a man of many names, runs. And we made Bach Leshner, which was a chicken mutant that was mixed martial artist. So I, I look forward to creating something along those vein, that vein. Oh, it's going to be fun. All right, and this is Chris. I know literally nothing about this game, except apparently we're all mutants, and I really like my cat. He's very cute, so maybe I get to be a cute mutant cat. Oh, only time, and the dice will tell. And I'm Rena, and this is my first RPX roll-up, and I also don't know the system, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I love playing chaos creatures. You're going to love this one. So, as many of us remember from our childhoods, there was this 80s cartoon that took the world by storm. It was originally a parody of a well-known comic, which, funnily enough, the comic doesn't have nearly the same reach as the parody series actually managed to have. Because while Daredevil only has one real movie and one series on Netflix with splashes in other series. The original characters that had a similar origin story went on to have four different movies, several different animated shows, tie-ins with every single pizza joint in the world. I am, of course, referring to adolescent... Oh, no. Adolescent murder chickens. Are they... So they're teenage, right? Yes. And they have mutated and possibly gained the access to some kind of martial art, perhaps ninjutsu. As the, perhaps the oldest one here in the chat, which only by months, really, with David. But I can remember that when Ninja Turtles came out, the, the big controversy with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was that you had this cute cartoon, and then you had this entertaining movie and all that. But it was based on a uh, comic book that was very, I guess, considered violent at the time. Definitely for it being a property that was turned into a children's show. Oh, yes. And to the point where they decided that the clan of ninjas that they were fighting against needed to be made into robots for the cartoon so that they could get away with all of the mass murder. Because it's okay when you're crunching robots, but when you're doing the same thing to actual people, it's not a children's show anymore. You want to feel real old? Not I'm particularly, in. no. <laughs> Lie to me, Chris. Don't, 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 don't pull the veil back. <laughs> this entire series is before nostalgia even existed for me. I mean, oh goody. I can totally take it. And not to keep dragging us too deep down the uh, memory lane, I just kind of wanted to tell you how excited I am. I think this is the Ninja Turtles were one of the last um, 
ser- things that I enjoyed in hood going into pre-te- preteen and stuff like that. I can remember like being a fifth or sixth grader and, you know, I don't think I, I can't really remember playing them, but I remember getting Ninja Turtle action figures and stuff like that when I was 11 or something. And yeah, so been a big fan. The arcade game has ate many of my quarters. This is probably how I feel about like Sonic the Hedgehog. So I, I, I do get it. So to get into the game, though, we know basically what our subject material is, kind of. I mean, you could go for any of the various different properties that came out around the same time. I mean, there was Street Sharks, there was Biker Mice from Mars. But essentially, what they all boil down to is we've got a group of animals that are suddenly more human than animal, and they are doing things. And so that brings us to our first question. What kind of group are we going to be? Um, All right, we're a group of cockroaches that hang out in Joe's apartment. Sorry. No, no, Chris, no. (laughs) So let me at least get the question out before the snark. Uh, The question is, do you want to be a diverse group, a connected group, or a family group? And here is the difference between those. A family group is where everybody has the same background and species. So one person rolls and figures out the same source of mutations, backgrounds, and species together. A connected group is where you all have the same background, but you can have different species. And then a diverse group is everybody rolls up everything separate. And so do we want to go for entirely different species, or do we want to go for we were all part of the same lab, or do we want to go for a family unit? Diverse species is more fun, personally. It is indeed. Dance crew. That's, I mean, I'm totally fine with that. It's either that or the second option where we, you know, had different species. So either of those, I, I'll let that be your off choice. Yeah, no, okay. I'm down for diverse. Seriously. Diverse though. it is. The more we work here, diverse it gets. No. <laughs> so basically for character creation, there are many, many random roles. And so part of that is going to give you unsatisfactory results. So to assist that, we can spend a certain number of takebacks in the following ways before any bonuses or penalties. So you can spend one take back to re-roll an attribute, add a roll of 1d6 to an attribute, re-roll any of the percentile rolls, which I think is probably going to be the way that we go. And then you can also use it to flip a percentile. So if you roll an 82, you can make it a 28. And that's basically how the take backs work. Now, since we're going with a diverse group, everybody gets four. And since we're using mutants in the next, everybody gets an additional take back because there are so many new tables. So many tables, y'all. Sweet. So Now, we at Real Positive Xeno Monsters don't call them take backs. We call them take bonuses. Well, they do turn into bonuses at the very end. Because if you don't use your if you don't use your TBs, they turn into bonus hit points and superficial hit threshold. So if you just let the dice fall where they land, they can be bonuses in the end. But we could get roll with this. I don't want to be a wombat, which why would you not? They have amazing butt slams. Apparently Cassius does not want to be a wombat either. The the question is how cringe do you want to be? And I suggest full cringe. Personally, that's what I'm aiming for. See what the dice throw out here. So it's just okay. See what the dice gods say. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's start with attributes. 
so there are eight different attributes, and what we're going to do on that is roll those up, and we're going to tell what our attributes are to start with. Now, those can get modified later based on which species you end up with, what your skill package is going to be, but basically they boil down to different things that make, well, they help to shape your character. So for these, we will need six ciders. And you're going to roll four six-siders eight times, one for each attribute. And you can either plug and play, or you can roll your eight or 46 eight times and then just let them fall right in the order. And so while y'all are rolling up those stats, I'm just going to do a quick overview of what each of the stats are and what they mean. Because some of these are... If you've played an RPG before, you'll probably know all of them, but there are a few that are a little bit fiddly for our listeners at home. So first, there is cognition. That determines your ability to think abstractly and understand technology and complex systems. Then there's strength, which basically determines your buffness, your muscle mass, your lifting power, and your striking force. There's determination. This is the ability to withstand stress, psychic powers, and adversity. Think of this as your willpower. Then there's prowess. That determines one's agility, balance, dexterity, and hand-eye coordination. Let's see, we had just talked about prowess, which that is your dexterity. Think of it like this, too. Prowess is going to be helpful for when you are doing ranged combat, whereas strength is going to be more useful for melee combat. Then there is affinity. This determines one's ability to understand, connect to, and empathize with humans and mutants. That is, how likable are you? Endurance is one's ability to withstand physical exhaustion, illness, and injury. So endurance is your physical um, toughness stat, whereas determination is your mental toughness stat, if that helps. Uh, then the last two are perception, which determine your situational awareness and ability to pick out fine details, and your speed, which determines one's ability to react, move swiftly, and strike quickly. And so those are all of our different stats. What I do love about the skill system for the this game is that all of your skills are based on two stats, and depending on whether it is a primary skill or a secondary skill is where you use your better stat. So some of the stats will be, there's one that is, for instance, perception and cognition based, and if you take that particular skill as one of your primary skills and one of your primary packages, you're obviously going to use your better stat for it. So if you're really, really perceptive, but you're not exactly a thinky person, then you'll probably want to use your perception for it. And well, that's obviously, we're... as a dance crew, we're all going to have a high prowess, right? Hmm. Uh... Theoretically. <laughs> also, speed. Speed would be good for that. Okay. So, I'm just... And if you happen to be the one that launches another dancer into the air, might I recommend strength? Because you don't want to skip arm day if you're the one that does the tossing. I've just wrote up some stats here. I haven't, I kind of just defaultly just assigned them in order. I may go back and just swap them around if that's all right, too. Oh, that's fine. My backup stat is affinity because I'm the one who turns the the, uh, chair around, sits on it backwards, and talks to them about real real talk things that teens talk about. So you're going low affinity then. 
Yeah, no, I am not doing that. I am a mutant youth minister. <laughs> That's what. You... Hey, guys, if you want to hear about Jesus, sure. Oh, God. I'm but sorry. as a snake mutant, do you handle yourself, Adam? I don't feel comfortable going into this right now. We don't even know what what the mutations are yet. So just plug in your attributes wherever. Okay. And and the ones that make sense based on those numbers. And there is a handy chart on page 13 of the book that is going to give you what your modifiers are, what your skill bases are, all of that. And I will explain all of those numbers as they come up and what they're useful for. But for now, uh, the most important part of all of that is plugging in your eight. And in that last column on the side is bonus goop. Because the right. goop is how you purchase all of your mutations. Okay, David. So make sure I got this correct. So for all of our our attributes, we're going to be rolling 4d6, and then we're going to be referencing a table. So, uh, th- you know, for mm-hmm. example, uh, if you rolled a 12, it looks like that also gives you on that table your your prime modifier, your skill base. Your your skill gain, which I'm still a little bit on the dark on that, and then it tells us our damage, and then finally we're going to total up our bonus goop points that we're going to turn around and uh, do something with later on. That is correct. Now, don't worry about the fact that the skills don't make sense yet, because once we get to that section, all will be clear, I promise you. Just hang on for the ride for right now. There will be a couple of loop-de-loops coming up later. And once you go through the loop, it'll be, oh, that makes sense. Something I do appreciate with this, uh, you even when you rode poorly, and this if we were if we were discussing off mic a moment ago, as we were kind of talking about a rose, it seems your the impulse is to kind of roll high, so you can get the, the extra pluses and whatnot. But what is the there's disadvantages for rolling high? What would you say they are? Well, so here's one of the things, because I know you're wondering, what do I spend my points on? Uh, You'll notice that under the attribute section, there are a couple of sections there. Classification classification type and traits, dietary requirements. But Mm -hmm. I'd like to point out that there's movement type, prehensile type, speech type, and mask type. Now, all of those are going to cost points. Mm Mm-hmm. So your movement type is going to basically start quadrupedal. And if you want to stand up on two legs, that's going to cost you some points. Most of your prehensibility starts at no thumbs, unless you get certain creatures that actually do have thumbs. There's a few of them. Or speech type is going to start at none. So you're going to be able to buy that up based on how many points you spend on it. So, for instance, on the let's let's just talk about speech for just a second. To be able to be a talkie, to be able to actually speak, is going to be see senses, respiration. I think we have to go ahead to the other section there. Well, the important thing is that nobody gets to start walking okay. um, on two legs. Okay, so that's and, cool. Yeah, we'll we'll hit that. Eventually. But the other thing is that some of your different animal traits are going to cost. And we'll talk about those as we roll those up. So, Adam, speaking of animal traits, why don't we start you off on the list? Okay. Uh, Let me add something here real quick, David. So, as I was, the cool thing is, rowing high 
it gets you your pluses that you're used to in the, in the games, but also rowing high will take away. It'll take away some of the points that you have available. You get more points for low numbers. Yes. So you're getting your benefit in the beginning instead of the end, it appears, which is cool. So, all right. So I'm rolling. What am I rolling, David? Take me through this magical journey, sir. Okay. Well, first off, let's figure out how you mutated. So grab those percentiles for me and give me a roll. Okay. Because table A-1 is our source of mutation. So how did you mutate? I have rolled the dice bot said I rolled a 64. 64. Transportation accident. So there was a chemical spill due to a crash, theft, or mishap. Okay. Sounds good. And that tells us that we are going to roll on rural background and rural species for you. So you basically get to be rural. That sounds good. You know what I'm shooting for? I know what you're hoping for. Okay. So I am going to roll another percentile. Is that correct? Yep. So we're going to get our rural background first. Okay. And let's find out just how, let's find out how civilized you ended up. (laughs) I wrote a 34. Okay. So 34 puts us firmly into the self-taught survival camp. So that means that you are going to basically be either a scavenger of some sort or basically a self-taught wild animal that has learned by the skin of his teeth. Or hers. Still, still in the ballpark, doing great. Or you could spend one of your takebacks to flip that 34 into a 43, which would be a back-to-the-lander, which would basically be a hippie. A person or community separated from wider society adopted you. This may be a self-insulating encl- or self-isolating enclave, a counterculture group, possibly an indigenous society, etc. So there's a couple of different possibilities there. Okay. I I think I'll stick with the 34. I I like the mean streets kind of survival on your own for a while. That sounds pretty cool. Okay. So I would say make a note of this on a notepad or scratch pad. Then you get either a basic or wild skill package. You get an additional wild skill package. Four hobbies. Additional wild and four hobbies. Okay. Yes. So that's going to be your skills. Now, because of that, you also gain plus two to your determination, plus two to your derived will. My pencil has died. (laughs) The purple one is not working for me. So it was just probably just needs to be checked out. So for last I left off, it's four hobbies. Now, just for you're not going to get any benefit from me telling you all this, but I've had to grab a color pencil to do all my figuring with. So I got four hobbies. So what was the other mm-hmm. thing? So you're going to add plus two to your determination basic stat. Okay. Now there are two derived stats that you're going to be adding bonuses to. One of those is the will derived stat where you're going to add two. Okay. You get to add 10 points to your superficial hit threshold. I feel that I should actually say that that SHT is superficial hit threshold, and it's not add 10 to your shit. <laughs> so I got, so we got the plus two for determination, plus two for will, and then plus 10 to my superficial hit point stat. Yes. 
And just to make sure we're clear, too, when I add this plus two to, like, say, my determination, that's not going to affect my, it's not going to decrease my goop. My goop that it I is fear. not. Okay, it is cool. not going to impact your goop in any way. Okay. The other thing that you gain, because notice that you are not going to have as many skills as some of the others, but you also have advantage on all initiative rolls. So. Okay. This works similar to the way that it does in uh, the D20 system, where you basically get to roll two and take one, or okay. take the better one. So congratulations, you're probably going to get to go first most of the time. Sweet. Awesome. So roadside accident, which I don't see any place to document this stuff here yet. This is just kind of background information. I lived on my own, and I've got these packages. Wheat. Correct. Do we want to do we want to continue or do we want to kind of row up and see uh, do this in waves and see what really well, does? This is the first part where we get to reference the other books. So I've already pulled it up. We're actually going to be on table C two, which is rural species, and actually get to pull from all of them now. And so I'm going to need you to make a couple of percentile rolls for me here. Okay, I am going to go ahead. I will drop in the first one. All right, so here's my first percentile. Well, 96. That puts you into the mythical species table. What would a 69 give me if I were to flip that? Well, if you were to flip it to a 69, that would be the wild species table. Oh, my gosh. So you can either go mythical or wild. Hmm. Where's, where's this table you're talking about? Because I want to see what mythical it is, because I'm really shooting for possum. To be fair, this table is actually in Mutants in the Next. Oh, okay. No, it's all, it's all good. But I can tell you that the, let's see, so the wild species, did we say? Yes. Because mm -hmm. if you did 69, that would be table D4, which is wild species. There's sub-tables on that one, because we can either go for terrestrial or freshwater, coastal or marine. Um, if you rolled a 61, you could be a possum. Wild mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, fish, arthropods, or same thing on the other tables. There's a lot, because D4 splits into a bunch. Wow. Now, the mythical creatures, that is a little bit further ahead. Do, 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 do. This is my lookup song. Like you could get for, you could get a jackalope or a unicorn or a Tamusian fox, possibly even a chupacabra depending on how you roll. Okay, I'm going mythical, even though I, <laughs> I, I'm passing up my possum. What you got? So if I go The mythical myth table is a short table, but okay. oh boy, is it a fun one. Okay. What you got? Oh, so another row? Okay. One more roll. See, I, I mean, it, well, I would have loved to have accidentally rode for terrestrial and be a mutated crawl daddy. Let's go for... I rode a D100 and got a 7. Chupacabra, Chupacabra, Sasquatch. Tamusian Fox. So that is on page 87 here. I do believe that that is a multi-tailed fox. Ooh. <laughs> You're a kitsune. Hey, listen. I, I, I can live with that. <laughs> a mythical giant fox sent to punish the Thebians by Dionysus. Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh, Okay, so basically it's a giant fox. It's not the multi-tailed. But okay. you are the fox of legend is basically what you mutated from. Neither would I. Okay, so 
I am a Tamijian fox. So where on the sheet do I put that? Or if you flipped it to a 70, that would actually put you as a unicorn. Or you could re-roll either of those numbers. I think I'm just going to take the fox because I, w- I don't want to be the unicorn to give Chris a win on anything. So <laughs> at, at this point, it's out of spite. I will be a gigantic fox. And that's, okay. you know, that, that's pretty good. All right. So your basic size rating is 10 because you're a giant fox. Mm-hmm. Humans, by the way, are size level 8. So you're a larger than life fox. Okay. Uh, your starting goopy is 10. The stats that you basically get as your enhanced stats, so you can basically spend goop, if you've got extra, on bumping up your determination, strength, or speed. Your basic traits are conidae and carnivore. And there are some major traits that you can buy. And some of these are going to be different costs to purchase them. So your major traits actually cost about 5 per, except for the energetic, which is 15. But then you've got minor traits available, like Apex Predator, Claws, Enhanced Hearing, Longevity, Polyphasic, which is a new ability, and then you've got Ultrasonic Hearing and Teeth. And then your special ability, because every species has a unique ability. Yours is Uncatchable. Uh, You don't take a cost or spend will to escape a fight circumstances provide a route. If a perilous situation can be escaped via movement, you may do so. Um, It'll cost you one will point and a tiny cost. And if you have a status that reduces move or limits move actions, you can still uh, end that, or you can actually end that condition by taking a moment and taking uh, a bit of a hit. So basically, you can just kind of, nope, peace out of any fight. That's pretty awesome. I think it is pretty awesome, and that is one of the new ones from the new book. We'll cover all of the things that you've got access to once everybody's got their spot for playing with the goop. Okay, sounds cool. So Once you've got your oozy bits to play with, think of it as, like, remember when we were kids and we had that slime that we could get in the little things, the gack, and just play with it and just accidentally leave it on the carpet, and then all of our moms got just pissed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got your stuff to play with now. So, so, Rita. Yes. Are you ready? I am. All right. Rosin up those percentiles and let them go. <laughs> I wish this was Cthulhu. Zero one. <laughs> oh, zero one. Okay. So that is a chemical leak. Ooh. The goopy leaked from an industrial site, commercial laboratory, or personal lab, either by negligence or sabotage. Dun, dun, dun. So you get to roll on the city background and city species tables. So let's wow. start with our city background and find out just how savage you get to start out. How wild are you? Right. That is a 37. 37. Okay. 37 is raised by a human. Hmm. A human or human family adopted and raised you in secret. This is a relatively healthy home. When we were rolling this up on the way home from Gen Con, Greg ended up with this one, and he said, D- does this mean that I, g- I got found in a pound by in lesbian moms who said <laughs> he's a rescue? I went, yes, <laughs> you are officially a rescue. So you could go for that yeah. one. Yep. Now, <laughs> now, to be fair, 
I didn't tell you about flipping on the first roll because if you flipped a one to a ten, you still would have had a chemical leak. So that <laughs> one would have had the same thing. <laughs> still would have had the same response. But if you mm. want to flip this one, um, the seventy-three would be adopted by an institution. So a large institution caught you early in life, and you grew up there. So do you want the institutional living I'll, where I'll you were raised by an organization? <laughs> Do you want to be ET'd or Stranger Things? I'm not. I'm not rocket raccooning this. <laughs> we're go, we're keeping it. <laughs> That's fair. So you do have a relatively he- healthy, happy home. I mean, <laughs> if you wanted a more troubled past, we could check with your group first and uh, go a little bit further. But you're going to get two basic skill packages and one professional skill package. Okay. Uh, you get five hobbies. Oh. Uh, plus two to your cognition. And then you also have a bonus contact. So you're basically going to start out knowing somebody. So possibly one of your, possibly a family member or possibly a family friend. You could have uncle Steve who will (laughs) help you out in a, in a pinch. Oh my God. You're our team scene kid. Oh dear. It's like, yeah, I know this DJ. (laughs) Theoretically, you can use your contact on anyone. It could be paramilitary, or it could be this <laughs> awesome DJ who works out of a warehouse. You know, it could be a like paramilitary a... DJ. Potato, potato. <laughs> Going to be a marmoset with a tinfoil hat who's got a hacker <laughs> friend somewhere. You know, marmoset hacker man is going to be fun. <laughs> and if there, is, if there isn't one, there will be in this campaign, I swear. We always need a hacker man. We always need a hacker man. <laughs> so, for okay. city species, in the new book, we've got tables. Oh, so many tables. Oh so, let's start with a roll, and we'll figure out which one of the subtables you're on. 90. 90 straight up is zoo species. Ooh, that's Or you could go 09, which is urban species. Well, zoo sounds fun, actually. Let's see what we get with there. I might get a marmoset. Who knows? You might. So let's see. Okay. Let's go to the zoo. 76. Okay, so 76 is straight up zoo as opposed to aquarium. Roll again for me. Okay. Four. Four. Okay, four is zoo mammals, but so would 40. So just no. just letting <laughs> you know bother. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's not one to re-roll. So let's take a look at our zoo mammals table. It's a big one. Okay. 12. Okay, so 12 is bat, common slash vampire. Vampire bat! Yes! Or you go for a 21, which is a bobcat, a red lynx. Vampire bat. Those are both really dope, though. Vampire bat. I'm uh, I'm gonna be Laszlo and just yell bat, bat, <laughs> bat, and turn into a bat. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. The moment he said zoo, I'm just like, oh my god, panda, just panda. <laughs> uh, that's what I thought it might be, but no, we've got bat, and I am happy. Also great. Yeah. I believe this is my turn. Uh, yep. Hang on one second, because sure. I am taking a quick peek to see if I can find the vampire bat on the table because let's be fair knowing what rena's special ability is going to be is also kind of cool 
every animal species has one special thing. Bat, common vampire. So your size rating starts at zero. So you're probably going to want to spend some points to grow up because right now you're <laughs> tiny. You're just a tiny, tiny little mighty bat. But you've got 40 goop to play with. Um, <sighs> let's see. <laughs> I just, I really don't like that. Don't like what? <laughs> goop. Points. You've got 40 points to play with. Better, Chris? Let's just call them survivalist buckets. So your your trait is Iconic Thirst, Blood Drinker. So as long as you've got both Blood Drinker and Teeth and spend the points, when you use the Blood Drinker ability, you gain you basically gain your SHT when you roll either the highest or lowest value on a die and add four to the maximum amount of temporary HT. Fantastic. So yeah, basically, if you take the blood drinking abilities, you get to be a super vampire, and you get mm-hmm. to gain hit points. We know what they I'm. They start taking. out as. Super- I-, I kind of figured you might be. We're playing the dumb teenage mutant ninja turtles game. Rena's playing vampire the masquerade. Look, I ran a freaking vampire the masquerade chronicle. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm not <laughs> I'm judging. So excited to be a bat. Chris, I'm playing Zootopia. I don't know what you're talking about, but let's just keep going. Well, <laughs> I'll I'll play the weird Zootopia crack fic, I guess. Well, let's see what we got. <laughs> Give us a roll, Chris. All right. That is a 24. All right. You are also a chemical leak. So that is where you've got the same tables as Rena, basically. Okay. Or you could flip it and have the same tables as Adam. An accident. I'm the Bob Ross of mutants, man. Come on. Chemical leak or transportation accident? Which one do you want? (laughs) I'll go with chemical leak. Alrighty. So let's find out just how wild you get to start out. Alright. So that is a 49. Alright. So 49 is going to be raised by a mutant. But I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't tempt you a little bit with 94, Swallowed by the Shadows. So Raised by a Mutant basically means that you had an experienced mutant mentor you, and so you basically get to roll for the mutant source and background, and then you gain the same packages and bonuses. So we get to figure out who your mutant mentor was, and you have a splinter. Right. Or Swallowed by the Shadows, a covert group, criminal or espionage, Raised you as an agent. Gained two covert skill packages, one basic skill package, only one hobby, but then you also get an agent equipment package. So do you want ninja skills? This is how you get ninja skills. I mean, David, I've been watching a lot of X-Files recently. Yeah. (laughs) And Swallowed by the Shadows just means that my dad is the government. That's very funny to me. <laughs> you want it? You can have it. Or you can master splinter this shit, dude. You also get, I might add, if you go for Swallowed by the Shadows, you also get an advantage roll on dramatic rolls to avoid notice. So anytime that you smoke bomb, you get to roll two dice and take the higher one. All right. Yeah, no, I'm going with Swallowed by the Shadows. Master Splinter sounds funny, but this is just so much funnier to me. 
that's fair. So let's find out what kind of species you are. Give me another percentile roll. We're going to talk about city species for just a moment. Sure. And you did write down your skill packages, right? Or at least the swallowed by the shadows part so that we can refer to it. Uh, Yeah, plus two prowess, plus two speed, and plus A on dramatic rolls to avoid notice. Excellent. Okay. My combat style may be a secret combat style. It can. And there's new ones in the shiny new mutants in the next book. I was trained by ninjas. The kind of ninjas you get from a VHS rental. Alright, anyways. Or um, something better. uh, I I rolled an 86. Okay, so an 86 in the the new book is a zoo species. Or you could go for a 68, which is a wild species. Hmm. So we currently have a zoo species and uh, a city species, correct? A rural species. A rural species. Hmm. Actually, no, we ended up with a mythic. So we've got a mythic fox. (laughs) Right, we have a kitsune. (laughs) A kitsune and a vampire bat. Kitsune and a vampire bat. Walk into a bar. I guess I will go with a zoo species. Why not? Okay. So let's start with the first roll on that table. This is to determine, are you aquarium or zoo? All right. Is that a also percentile? percentile. Yep. Okay. That's seven. Okay. So zero seven is aquarium. So that'll give us aquarium mammals, birds, fish, crustaceans, or mollusks. I'm a goddamned fishman. You could be a fishman. Or you can flip it and go for the zoo table of mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, or arthropods. I'm just going to stick with a seven because that's funnier. (laughs) All right. Uh, Roll it again for me and we'll figure out which of the aquarium tables you end up on. (laughs) 96. Pass pro shop. (laughs) 96 is Aquarium Mollusks. (laughs) I'm the goddamn oyster man. Nope. So there's two options on the Aquarium Mollusk table. Both of them are different octopus. So do you want the common octopus or the flapjack octopus? Hold on, I have to look up the flapjack octopus. It looks like a pancake, sir. <laughs> it's in the name. Come on. Well, we're going to have Earth, name. Air, and Sea going for us, at least, so we can cover all our bases. <laughs> we just need fire and the <laughs> Avatar. Oh, the the Flapjack Octopus is one of the, the cute ones with the little ears. Okay. I'm going to go with a common octopus. Common octopus. Okay. So, let's see if it is in this book or if it is in the original. <laughs> I think that that one is in the original. Hi, my name is Zodad. No relation. People always ask. I don't know why. I am Kurt Thulu. Yeah. Pretty good name, Chris. You should probably pencil it down right now. Kurt Thulu. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. So, Kitsune, Dra- Kitsune Dracula, and Cthulhu walk into a bar. Okay. So which one did you... Actually, I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want the common octopus or the flapjack? The common, I said. 
Okay, so the common is going to start you out at a size rating of 6, and you get to start with 30, is that 36 or 38? It's a little tough to tell. It is in the main book, but I believe that that is 36 points. All right, 36 points in hooks. Yes. Now, your movement is actually different than everybody else's because you actually get octopodal. So congratulations there. Well, you see, I walk without rhythm so that I won't attract the worm. And your specialty is problem solver. When you fail a roll you have a disadvantage on, you can spend one will to re-roll it. So basically, you get to do that octopus thing of, hmm, jar. I know how to open jar. So let's talk about size rating for just a moment, shall we? So size rating zero, which is the smallest one, means that your weight range is really, really tiny. Your height is under six inches, and you lose five points from all of the damage that you do. And so basically, you're going to want to spend some of your points to get a bit bigger. And what I would recommend on that is, if you look over here on page 37 of the main book, at the end of each row, there is a cost in those points to go to or from that size to the next one. So basically, you spend whatever it says to increase, to go up. So to go from 0 to 1 is 1 point, from 1 to 2 is 1 point, and so on up. It actually starts to cost 2 once you hit size level 6. But then you can also go down a couple of sizes because, let's be fair, We've got a size level 10 in the party, which is an average height of 6 foot, and then a weight between 120 and 249 pounds. What's weird about that, David? You've just described about 70% of RPX. Yes. I just <laughs> described about 70% of the bean stocks on RPX. And let's be fair, <laughs> most of us that are over 6 foot... Because there is a chance that we could get even further. Because we haven't even gotten into the uh, bonus tables yet. Because there is a chance for there is a chance for bonus height, bonus weight, all of that. Do we want to roll the bonuses? Oh, I'm six foot two, but uh, when when it's a full moon, I'm seven feet tall. Well, actually, the bonuses are more along the lines of: Are you taller than average, or are you shorter than average? So we can. I'm a bat. Get into- <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm but, smaller. <laughs> but are you a short bat or a tall bat? I'm going to be a small bat. Tiny bat. Just gonna we're be just small. saying. What were you bullied about in bat high school? <laughs> are you a fat being bat? A vampire. No, being a vampire. That's what I got bullied <laughs> for. Had to take night classes. Do you know how traumatic that was? So, um,. Basically, I am suggesting you probably want to increase your size from tiny, tiny to maybe not as tiny. I spent 10 to improve it to 4, which is what Well, actually, made. you would be impro- or spending 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1, so you'd be spending 4 to improve it to 4, darling. Oh. Okay, oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing then. Yeah, the cost oh, here yeah. and the far okay. right. Yeah, I was looking at if, the wrong column. And 4 would put you between 3 and 4 pounds and... One and a half feet tall. Adam, what size are you again? Ten. Ten. Okay. Do you plan on kind of sticking around that size? Yeah. Okay, cool. 
I'll, I'll stick with a size six then. That would make me what about three feet? Put you at the two and a half foot range. Okay. Size size level seven is three feet tall. Gotcha. You are in the point where you don't have any size damage dice, but you also don't have any negatives. Size level five is actually the point where you have no negatives to basically yeah, I think I'm if go to five actually. Five is good. My recommendation is at least five, but probably no more than ten. Because if you get up to the ten to the twelve, that's where you start getting. Yeah, size level ten is six feet. Size level eleven is eight, and that's where things start to get a little bit hard to fit. So size wise, size level five would be the size of a Westie, a West Highland Terrier. Size level six, seven would be the size of a Corgi. Well, size level five is between five and seven pounds and about two feet tall. Oh, so it's more like a Yorkie. Yeah. Okay. It is about the size of any dog you would put in a purse and carry around. I'll be your Paris Hilton. I have so much poison in me. (laughs) (laughs) But how about your character, Chris? Oh, actually, we we should figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, we should. So here on page 37, was it 37? Actually, no, 38. This is the one that I was talking about. So we've got different diets. The basic one is, I believe most of you are carnivores to start off with, which doesn't cost anything. If you spend one point, you can go up to a faculative carnivore or faculative herbivore, which means that you primarily functions as an herbivore or carnivore, but can eat meat or plants to supplement. And then spending an additional point would take you to just flat-out omnivore. So Spending one point past that just turns you into whatever the fuck Joe Rogan is, and there are no survivors. To be fair, there is no level below level beyond that, so omnivore is about as far as it goes. Let's see, for movement, we've got one that is aquatic. So basically, you'll need to spend five to buy quadrupedal. Or actually, I think you're a hexapodal. Well, no, octopodal. Derp. You actually already have octopodal, so you're fine. To go from octopodal to semi-bipedal is going to cost you five. To go from bipedal or semi-bipedal to full-on biped is five. So basically, that's going to be a cost of ten, and I think that's for everybody because I wanted to make sure that everybody had their so the little section that you've got there that has how much or what you can spend your points on. So, for instance, for Arena there, you've got the ability to enhance your perception prowess and speeds. So you are a carnivore to start. Your basic trait is your species is Chiroptera, and then you are also Wing It. So the things that you can spend for major traits, all of them have their costs marked. So Echolocation is 10, Enhanced Scent is 5, Flight Plus is 15. But then you'll notice down below there are minor traits. So for all of the minor traits that you have, each of those cost one. But then anything that is in parentheses after costs an additional one. So it costs one to have claws and the ability to snick it or snick with your fingertips. 
but to be able to climb with them and have the climbing specialty costs an additional point. But all of your minor crates cost a single point. Make sense so far? I think so. I think so. I see the yeah, got the pricer for adaptable energetic on major and then minors plus one and then additional claws pursuit would be plus two. Okay. Yes. And where, then, where do where do basic traits go on the sheet? On the sheet, they will go into your so in the mutation details, there's a section that says animal traits major and unique. And okay. then there's one that says animal traits minor. Okay. Oh, and major. I will tell you from experience that you can type a lot of letters into there and it will shrinky dink them to make them all fit. Okay, great. Okay. I'll just go ahead and buy everything. So uh, some of the so some of the costs for those are trying to think how to put this in terms. So Animal Traits Major starts in the main book on page 42. Okay. And it'll give you a little bit more information on each of the different things. For instance, you said that you've got energetic as one that mm -hmm. you can pick up i don't actually see that in the main book so that one might actually be one that we have to look in the That's mutants fine. in the next four i'll just i'll just go ahead and spend it and i mean i wouldn't i don't want to bog it down too much with mine i'll just go ahead and buy it and uh, just cut it i mean i got these points and i don't know what else i'm going to bump into right now but i mean if i decided to knock something out I can too, but I, I just don't want to make you have to keep going back to the book on that. Oh, I don't mind. Especially because here in Mutants and the Next, there are also some lovely new fighting styles. So they add into the additional, they add extras to the original ones just a little bit, but I think that there are a few brand new ones. Like Lucha Libre is in there now. Well, obviously, I'm a Roman wrestler for the top rope. And then there is also. I am going to mangle this something horrible. Kijing Tanglong Kwang, or Seven Stars Praying Mantis Boxing, which is essentially Northern Praying Mantis style. Pro wrestling is also in there if you wanted it. That does sound cool, too. So it for minor traits, what's the cost? Minors are one per. Okay. And if it has something in parentheses after it, that is an additional one. Okay. So... It's polyphasic. You've got polyphasic? Yeah. I do believe that is a new trait. Let's take a look. Oh, I found energetic. Ah, here you it is, have... polyphasic. You can break your sleep pattern into naps throughout the day or night as short as 100 minus endurance minutes. Uh, while you still require eight hours of sleep, you can divide it up as convenient. Okay, that makes sense. And energetic is in the core book. I see it here. It's, you have a high metabolic rate, which allows you to gain additional move actions or m moment each turn. However, you cannot focus unless you're, you skip using the action or moment. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah I'm, so, I've got that. I'm going to buy my minor traits. Apex Predator. Sounds pretty cool. And um, Farina, Blood Drinker. You feed on blood as your main diet or to sate a secondary physiological need and have specialized mouth parts for such. When you roll a maximum value of a die while inflicting damage with a mouth part natural weapon, basically a bite, and have over uh, zero superficial hit threshold, gain one 
temporary for every die showing that maximum value. This won't cause you to gain any more temporary than the maximum die value of your natural weapon. So basically, if you have a sucker that inflicts 1d6, you can't gain more than if you have 6 or more already, even through other sources. And then there's also the anticoagulant addition on that one, which is your mouth has saliva that prevents blood clotting. Any strikes that trigger blood drinker inflict ongoing one damage from blood loss. So if you're clinging or grabbing onto a foe, you can instead inflict ongoing two on the first time. So basically, you you can have a dot if you want a dot. I do. I really do. Man, and I'm just deaf and have a deadly neurotoxin. You went for deadly neurotoxin, did you? What else would I do? This is the, the, the fair. Absolutely I've got the fair. Thirst. Might as gonna well. Munch, gonna munch, munch, munch. I, I mean, wanna munch. <laughs> I wanna munch. Squad. Wow, I haven't thought about the McElroys in years. Kind of got burned out on them myself. Yeah, they they oversaturated. Oh well. Oh, and you could have camouflage too, so you you could be invisible. Oh, I, I just put that one in, and teeth, which I had to have to get iconic thirst. So, I like the idea that you and I both have camouflage, and Adam's character is just <laughs> the fox, fox who is famous for running away really good. <laughs> so like, yeah, like, go after that guy. We definitely won't <laughs> jump you. Hi, on run. <laughs> Fox on the run. Can't carry it, but I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Possum was a zoo creature. I argue with them on that, but let's see. I'm just going through here. And at the end of this, when we officially go back, we can just kind of go through what we did with the minor traits and major traits and all that. I mean, there's a, a lot of... Stuff here. See, longevity, you take longer to die of age related causes and will live 100% longer than a human or comparable of comparable health. Game plus two shit. Okay. Well, I'll take, I'll play one for that or HC. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, but Adam, if you were a possum, you could have had musk. Well, see, I wanted to be George Jones. I was kind of going with my country theme. So I was going to be George You're Jones. You're going to name him George Jones because he's an old possum. Yeah. Was, I get it. <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was shooting for. Heath pursuit. <laughs> My teeth run after you. Teeth. Well, pers- well, basically, teeth means that you can inflict damage with your mouth, mouthy bits. But having pursuit teeth means that if you sink your teeth into something, you don't let go. These are also good. Although I like your version better. <laughs> pursuit teeth. <laughs> that's that's a yeah. xenomorph mouth. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Apex predator. I've got Klaus Pursuit, that was two. Okay, so here it is. Pursuit Teeth is gain advantage on maneuvers with these teeth if you have performed a move action this turn. Well, definitely. Your teeth get advantage. Right. If you're sick. <laughs> so if you jaws someone, you can jaws again better. I did also pick Apex Predator because it said that. And I mean, obviously, I have to take. I'm trying to find Rot Gut. Thing or rot digestion, the carnivorous. So, rot digestion, I think, is one of the minor what minor, minor traits. Minor. 
rot digestion is at the top of page 48. For carnivore species, you can consume spoiled food without serious issue. For herbivore species, you can consume decaying plants. And topsoil, though the latter isn't as nutritious. So you're one of those foxes that learned how to use the Russian transit system to eat trash in Stalingrad? Basically, well, I mean, yes. If I'm a survivor, it makes the most sense. I'll take that. So I'm I'm trying to get my... Well, apparently I can't spell. Does anybody, want, does anybody else want half of this dead, rotten possum? <laughs> Everybody yeah. else like, I thanks, no. You're not actually a mythical fox. You're just from Chernobyl. It's like, do you know you're mystical? It's, oh, no, no, I'm just mutated as shit. So I have spent 46 points. David, how much did it cost to be an omnivore again? Cost two. Okay, so two, so that's at 48. I got my own little shit sheet here. And to be upright bipedal was four? To be upright bipedal was more than four. I think that that was ten. Does that go right. under movement? Uh, yes. Okay. That would I be have, movement. I have actually spent, well, I've got, I've got, I've got 12 goop left. I got, I got, sorry, Chris, I got 12 special sauces left. Yeah, I was going to say, don't say that aloud, man. All right, let me see. Oh, God. I don't want to end up on a list. All right, so I don't have sonic powers. I'm going to go omnivore. So I know it was before the psychic powers. I think it was page 42. Prehensile type, is that bipedal? Is that it? Okay, here it is. It's on uh, page 30. So we're looking at page 38 in the book. So movement is where you get bipedal. You start at quadrupedal. So Mm -hmm. quadrupedal costs you nothing. To be semi-bipedal is going to cost you five. To be fully bipedal is going to cost you an additional five, so ten. So prehensibility is... To start out, you have locomotors, which means your limbs function chiefly to provide movement. So you can't hold objects easily. You can switch to grasping, which lets you grasp objects, if not manipulate them very well in any sophisticated manner for a mere five. But if you want to be fully prehensile and have thumbs, that's going to cost you an additional five, so ten. Ten. Speech. Mm -hmm. uh, Speech costs two to basically have partial speech. And costs an additional three to be able to speak human languages clearly. So to be able to speak clearly, you're going to need five. Okay. What was the word for the prehensibility type for where you have thumbs? Prehensile. All right. And I can speak human. So I'm going to have to drop a trait from my minor traits to do this. So I'm just going to knock out longevity. Yeah, no, I, I spent a couple of semesters in technical college to learn to learn English. Now I'll know I'll never know the grace of heaven, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think I'm almost good. What's this mask type? So here is the last one of those. Uh, mask type is how human do you look? So bestial is where everybody starts. Your appearance is still closely rooted in your species. Even in the shadows, your gait and silhouette will give you away as a mutant at best. Others might presume that you're wearing some kind of costume, so they'll take a look and they'll try to find the zipper mm-hmm. until you start talking. And then it's like, oh, 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 no, that's not a mask. 
for two, you can pass for human when you are extremely obscured, basically wearing concealing clothing and a mask. Mm -hmm. Then there's Kemenomini, which is you look like a human with a... You look like you can look like a human with a minimum of effort, but you have some vestigial elements like animal ears, slit pupiled eyes. You've still got your tail, so people just assume, oh, that is that th- that's a kid playing around wearing a set of fox ears and a tail. The horny cosplayer section. We didn't need to say that, but keep going. And then finally, <laughs> cloaked is you can pass as a human short of a very invasive or very precise exam. You have traits that are reminiscent of your originating species. So basically a bear could still be fairly stocky and buff. A raccoon would look like they're wearing way too much eyeshadow or just haven't had a good night's sleep in ever. I'm a five pound bat. How is anybody going to think I'm human in any situation whatsoever? I'm just imagining like, <laughs> you rolling up, like Seed Buscemi in 30 Rock. How do you do, fellow, fellow humans? humans? <laughs> it's basically that, yeah. The reason why the mask section is kind of there as an afterthought is because, let's be fair, most folks who are playing this game, it's like, why would I bother with that? I mean, if yeah. I'm if I'm going to be playing a member of the immature radioactive samurai slugs. I want to go full slug. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy being a bat. I don't want to pretend to be a human. That's too close to real life. I mean, (laughs) exactly. The real problem is I'm actually three crawfish pretending to be an octopus, pretending to be a human. (laughs) Pretend to be Elon Musk. Oh, Elon Musk. There you go. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. I love that. David, let me see if I understand the pay, the points right. So, for inhuman is two goop. So, as the Konami is three additional goop, so it would be five yes. goop, right? Okay, so I Correct. just got to whittle traits down to where I get five goop. That's totally fine. Well, like, why would I, you want to? At this point, you basically look like Disney's Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, for, for Konami, I would be Disney's Robin Hood. That does sound pretty badass. Oh, no. As you are right now. Without oh. spending any points on masking, you look like Disney's Robin Hood. Okay. That's fine. I don't need, I won't spend points. I wear no mask, sir. So this would be, would that be. You just wear several. Just put it as beast awakenings. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm doing good there. Awesome. I guess, I guess I just have some questions that would be more bookkeeping stuff that we could fill out after the fact. I know we still we need to kind of d- determine after we do this fighting style, and yeah. the so there's initiative. the personalization of do you want to figure out your height and weight? Do we want to look at what your life was like before mutation, mutation peers, or how you learned to fight? Those are the other sections I, I, there. Well, I think where we if we all kind of deviated and did individual stuff, I'm kind of like I said, I'm trying to keep this uh, like between an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes, so. We we may just kind of leave some of that. I mean, my my backstory. I've kind of already got it. If you don't mind, it's just fudge and stuff like that. It's it's your call too. Positive. Honestly, um, I am willing to go as far down the rabbit hole as you guys want to, or as surface as we want to go as well. It's it's all fine by me. Hmm. At this point, we need skills. Would be a good thing. We can get into the skills, and that's the last major bit. 
All right, guys. It's, this looks pretty cool here. So off mic, we went ahead and went through and started spending some of our uh, unspent goop points. And it seemed like we had I had a lot here in the beginning, but there was a lot of things as we were kind of going over the options that we had that I quickly ran out. So I wanted to go ahead and mention that I wanted my character to be an omnivore. I don't like the idea of just, even though I eat everything that I can, I don't like the idea of my fox running around just carrying on flesh all the time. So went ahead and paid off for omnivore. I like the idea of being able to move around on two legs. So I also bought the ability bipedal. And I paid extra points to have thumbs, so I'm a prehensile. And I paid enough points to basically be able to speak with humans, despite the fact that I didn't spend any extra points to make myself appear less bestial than I already am. Now, it was really kind of cool, too, the traits, uh, animal traits, major and minor. So depending on what you wanted, what you can, you know, there's a price in a book or what you're going to pay. So I wanted my character to be adaptable, energetic, wanted enhanced scent and uh, night sight and to be swift. I went ahead and purchased apex predator because well, to be quite frank, I'm thinking of the uh, God thief episode series on RPPR and, and Caleb's guy in the, the gun show that's selling beef jerky and uh, you can be an apex predator. So I'm an apex predator. I have, my, my claws help me. Not only can I scratchy, scratchy, but they can help me in pursuit to kind of balance. I have enhanced hearing because I don't have it in real life. I got you know I, I took, uh, enhanced hearing. I did hear that part, though. But, um, I took per, teeth pursuit, which allows me to latch onto something and hold on to it. Rot digestion kind of fit with my background of being a survivor. So I can pretty much eat out of the Taco Bell dumpster and be okay. And finally, yeah, I think I see it. For some reason, I wrote ultrasonic hearing. So I may have leftover goop points that I'll kind of figure out later. I don't know if enhanced and ultrasonic. Uh, so I basically, have... enhanced hearing means that you can hear a little bit beyond what most people do. And ultrasonic hearing means that you can hear outside of the human range. So you can hear in that range that normally only dogs can hear. Sweet. Okay, and that is kind of my setup. Chris, tell us about Octodad. What did you pick up for Octodad? All right, so first off, I would like to make a suggestion for all of us. Mm-hmm. This game should be set in Detroit. No, Vito, next. <laughs> I'm just saying, you are clearly some weird mutated Detroit fox. Anyway. All right, so yeah, no, I, I'm not... I haven't put too much thought into the goop as of yet. For Octodad, I have my as my enhanced skills, Cognition, Determination, and Endurance. My basic traits are Cephalopod, Carnivore, Movement, Octopodal, Respiration, Water Breathing, Senses, Death, and Zoomorphic Tentacles. As of right now, the traits I'm thinking about are Adaptable, Chameleon and Venom Ganum, Gamma Neurotoxin. You might also want to buy off the water breathing so that you can actually be an, you know, terrestrial octopus walking around outside of the water. Yeah. Probably a good idea. <laughs> also, I, I may just go full on like Kino Mini or whatever that, that thing is and just make my character an inkling. Squid and a kid. 
That is possible. Mm-hmm. What are we What are we looking at, Rena? What 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 does uh, <laughs> your vampire bat have? Okay, so I kept the carnivore blood drinker thing. Didn't bother upgrading because it's fun to drink blood. I did upgrade to whatever a vampire bat's version of bipedal would be, <laughs> which <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out. And prehensile. I vocal. walk on my toes only. Pretty much vocal. So I can talk to people instead of just echo screech. I also took echolocation, upgraded my flight. Uh, I have upgraded night sight so I can see in the dark, which is very helpful. Claws and teeth and camouflage. So I can be a very sneaky bat. And the I upgraded my blood drinker to anticoagulant. So if I have to bite somebody because they're being nasty, I can make them bleed for longer. And I took a iconic thirst, I think it's called, where when I drink, I can take uh, take more SHT from them, and more and more, etc. So I'm going to be a very, yes. very, very hungry, very hungry, somehow walking and talking five pound vampire bat. So the really useful thing about the iconic thirst for you is basically the way that it works in game terms is basically for any of the normal blood drinker is you only get to activate it on the highest number on the die. You actually get it on the highest number and the lowest number. And so since you're going to be rolling six siders for a couple of different things, every time you roll a six or a one, you get to drink blood in combat and get the superficial hit threshold back. Wonderful. All right. So, can we just assume that the blood drinking is supernatural? Because I know some facts about vampire bat biology that would just ruin everyone's night. I also yeah, we're going to assume so... that it is supernatural. <laughs> Chris, I would like to call your attention to page 11 of the book that says at the very, very top of the right, this isn't realistic. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah, there are a few factors in this game that don't make sense. So one of them is being cold-blooded, and cold-blooded creatures are very limited by season and environment in different ways. You know what we're going to do? We're going to hand-wave all of those things and say it's more fun to think about it like this. I want to point out that this game is meant to be fun and cartoony, so don't get your reality mixed up in my cartoony peanut butter here. (laughs) That's okay. I just I, I I find vampire bats to be a very very funny animal to turn into a furry thing. Well, it's one of the two hundred and sixty-seven in the book. We could have ended up it. with wombat, but no, we could wow. have ended up with unicorn. So close. Shameful. But instead, we've got epic fox. But that's fine. <laughs> now, does everybody remember what your skill packages were? Oh yes. Okay. I wrote it down in crayon. So let me tell you about your skills and why those numbers on your attributes actually matter. So for your basic skill packages, who wants to go first? I think I got the, as you said, I have the choice of basic or wild, I think. So yep. I want, I'm kind of interested in the wild skill packages. Okay, so our wild uh, packages are handler, predator, prey, spirituality, or traversal. Um, Each of these skill packages, uh, this is on page 54, 
So each of these packages comes with three skills in it, plus a package bonus and a package ability that comes with it. Most of your package bonuses are bonus points to different stats. And then the package ability for taking it lets you do something that fits in with it. So for instance, for construction, you end up with strength and endurance. The package ability is to add a bonus to your lift number. And when using a tool as an improvised weapon, you get to reroll a, a single one on the damage die. So you know how to hit things with a wrench really well. Mm-hmm. Or a jackhammer if you're solid enough. Now, each of these has three primary skills, but then they also have two optional skills. And the way that that works is when you pick up the package, you get to take those three skills. Or you can swap out one of the skills for one of the optionals. Player's choice. So, for instance, on that construction one, it comes with smithing, laborer, and operator. So you could learn how to operate heavy machinery. Mm. Call out. But maybe you don't want to be a blacksmith, although forging knives is fun. I don't know why you wouldn't want to. But you can switch out, say, your smithing or your laborer for either architecture or demolitions. I'm going to take Predator. I think that was one of the ones you said. It is indeed. So So for, yeah, Predator comes with a bonus of plus one to your strength skill. And the package ability is when you inflict an injury or injuries on a target, you gain one temporary will at the end of your turn. Okay. And you can stalk, track, or be vigilant. And your optional skills are sneak and snoop. And optional, do I have to buy those? Basically, you get to swap those. So you can swap in sneak for stalk or track or vigilance. Or you could swap in snoop for one of the three. Basically, you have your choice of you get two of the top one and up to one of the bottom. Or you could take all three of the top. I think hmm, think I'll I'll do stalk, track, and snoop. Okay. So I'll go ahead and write that down here. Okay. All right. Now, just so that we're running through this on mic so that you understand how skills work, Mm -hmm. uh, you said you've got stalk, track, and snoop? Yes. Okay, so stalk is perception or endurance. Perception or endurance. Mm -hmm. Perception. I have a higher skill on that, so I'll just, I guess that that would be attribute A. So basically, yeah. Attribute A, you actually put in both of those attributes. So attribute A, attribute B. So it is, we were talking stock, perception, and endurance. Okay. And then snoop is determination and perception. And then you said sneak? Yeah. That one is perception and speed. A track, I'm sorry. Okay. Track, I'm sorry. Track is determination and perception. Track is determination, okay. So remember way back at the beginning when I had you write down your skill percentages and whatnot? Mm-hmm. So here's what those are used for. Since this is, or since these three skills are part of one of your skill packages, you use the highest value between those two percentages for your base skill percentage. Okay. Okay. Now, in the skill gain section next to it, Let's see. 
because you've got attribute A, attribute B, skill base, skill gain. For skill gain, you put the lower percentage from up above. Okay. And okay. basically that's because you start at a higher level because you know how to do this really well, but you don't have as much room for improvement, so therefore you advance it at a slower rate. Okay. Now, you do this for all of your skill packages. Now, you could have... You've got hobby skills available as well, right? Yeah, I have a four. Okay. So over here on page 59... We've got, or 58 going into 59, we've got a big long list of all of the available skills in the game. You get to pick four of those after you've got all of your skill packages figured. And for your non-package skills, uh, for your hobby skills, it goes the opposite way around. You use your lower attribute, but then you use your higher percentage. Okay. Lower skill base, higher skill gain. Correct. Okay. Because you're not as good as it added because this is just a hobby, but you've got more room to grow, so therefore you get to grow faster. Okay, cool. And that goes for everybody. Is everybody clear on that? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Looks like, so as far as going through the packages for the skills, uh, I went ahead and took stock... That seemed to go good with mine. Track and Snoop were my big ones. And then as far as hobby skills, I'm kind of sticking with the same, but there are some really awesome ones. I mean, Homemaker does look pretty great, but I'm going to take Burglary and Streetwise and hmm, Craps. Sounds like a good one. And I feel like Track is redundant since I already have that ability anyway. So since I was kind of caught up in a road accident that put me in this position, roadways. So again, that's going to be burglary, streetwise, traps, and roadways. And each one of those, were the kind of, when you do that, folks, you're kind of pairing it with your, there's a formula for like your attribute A and your attribute B's from what we wrote earlier this session that kind of attributes to that. But we'll kind of leave that in for, I mean, have a little bit of minute details there. Rena, how about your bat that we have not yet named yet? Uh, or perhaps you have, I'm, I'm, I'm unaware. But what is what kind of skills does your bat have? My bat's name is Vosh, which is actually Wash, like from Firefly, but they can't pronounce mm-hmm. it, so it's Vosh. So I have... Skills in escaping and shadowing and stalking. Those all seem like the kind of thing a creature of a knight should go for. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which of these are hobbies and which of these are package. I'm sorry. I wrote them down. But also I have vigilance and performance since I fly and do all sorts of fun things. Mm -hmm. And then the last one was deduction, just because it seems fun. I think I took that from the detective professional package. Yeah. I'm a s- sneaky, sneaky little bat. <laughs> I remember one time in 1903, I inspired a man to become a detective. <laughs> he had a real odd name, that yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> well, well, while you're talking, how about yourself, Chris? How's Octodad doing? <laughs> All right, so I'm still not super certain about packages. Apparently, I get two covert ones. 
Mm-hmm. Because uh, I have been raised by the shadows, the shadow government, the grand society of secret postmasters, whatever you want to call it. I I don't really have a solid idea yet. I just kind of imagine my character as young and highly trained, but, you know, not really experienced. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we can pencil those in later. Yeah. And what does that take us to next, David? Well, that that takes us to fighting styles. Okay. And I was just taking a quick look, and there are a few of them here. There are some in Mutants in the Next that are absolutely worth looking into. Everybody gets to pick their fighting style based on whether you are using the rural chart or whether you're using the city chart. You guys know what you've got available. But they've got a couple of new ones here, like Ambush Predator by Hequan, which is uh, Fujian White Crane. So it's a type of Taekwondo. There's Bai Jiquan, which is uh, an aggressive Chinese style that utilizes the entire body's power and momentum to crush opponents. Football Bull Rush, or Foul Ball, which is the baseball fighting style. They added Capoeira, a Desperate Prey, and High Sticking, or the hockey-based fighting style. <laughs> Ishin Ryu Karate, Lucha Libre, Pro Wrestling. I am going to absolutely mangle the name, but it's the Seven Stars Praying Mantis bo- Boxing. There's also Taekwondo. Oki Chaitan, which is a direct, brutal, modern style. And then for Chris, who has access to some of the secret ones, there's Arc Trigger, which is the extra-dimensional battle arc style. (laughs) There's Cestus Corpora, which is created by an international company using a machine learning and mocap to develop the most lethal of styles. It's Gunkata. It's Gunkata. And then there's also Lu Langjiao, which is known as the Wanderer style. It is a dirty style that is taught near exclusively amongst the dispossessed. It is a street or secret style that is basically drunken, dirty fighting. Well, normally I would definitely go with drunken, dirty fighting. I think for this character, Gunkata is just perfect. So Cestus Corpora? Yeah, Cestus Corpora. Glocktopus. 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 Glocktopus it is. Postmaster Glocktopus. (laughs) Alright, and Rena, what was uh, Voss's gonna be? I think Voss is gonna go for Jiu-Jitsu, because it's all about a smaller opponent being able to take down a larger one. And I think that makes a lot of sense for them. Cool. I think I took Pursuit Predator. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, it's all good. I was about to say, you're going for Pursuit Predator mm-hmm. on pretty much... Well, gee, Adam, it's almost like you grabbed Pursuit Claws and Pursuit Jaws. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see why you would pick up Pursuit Predator, almost like you're <laughs> planning to chase things or something. <laughs> well, that's one of, one of the things I really want to compliment this game on. It's you know, it's not a it's not a powered by the apocalypse. We're done in twenty minutes, kind of for character creation, and we spend the bulk of our time kind of figuring out relationships. I just I always marvel at these types of games that 
I kind of came in here with a blank idea. I was hoping for a possum. I ended up with a mythical fox. And then just as as the decisions came, I've kind of got something pieced together here. So it's really cool. It's still a trash fox, though. So that's good. What what about uh, the style rank? Like, how does one determine that? I know it's that on the character sheet. Okay, so each time you level up, you get to pick up another style within the martial art. So within each of these, there's there are more things. So as you level up, there's going to be more to each of the styles as you go. But basically for each, you get the basic stuff that's listed on the section that I shared. There's other things that are more campaign-y. So we'll cover those when we actually play. So your starting gear and your wealth level, because there is a chance that one of you may end up just filthy rich and is like, why do I need to adventure? For the fun of it. Or it could be, why am I adventuring? I ate out of a dumpster yesterday. I want to eat an actual meal. For everybody except for, you know, Rena, because I'm sure that Vash, it's like, I ate out of a dumpster the other day. Do you know what that hobo tasted like? We need to have a talk. He was delicious. (laughs) But on that happy note, I think that this is a fairly well-rounded, rather zany group that is going to be mostly attacking from surprise and then running away. So I think that this is going to be a really fun group to play with, and I'm hoping we might be able to pick up a fourth. But even if we don't, the three of you are the three of you are going to make a very fun, balanced party. And I am going to see what I can come up with to throw at this crazy, crazy crew. I am definitely taking Chameleon and Deadly Neurotoxin, and of the skill packages, I have to take two in the Covert section. So that means clandestine, detective, social sciences, hunting, spy, or thief. Which will work good for, you know, Mr. Gloctopus. (laughs) I can't make up a good country, since I'm kind of going with country... I can't think of a good one to pun for a fox. I was thinking of Martina McBride. I was trying to work with that. I didn't want to go Jeff Foxworthy because he's a comedian. And that seemed a little too tongue-in-cheek. So, dear listeners, when you check out this character sheet, if you do download it, don't be surprised if I do have a name on it. I just don't have one clever enough. It, it'll, it'll come to me while I'm driving to work tomorrow. But I already uh, have a name for mine. Glocks Mulder. That's not bad. I like it. it, it it's awful. I love it. Hmm. Is that, that's wrong on many levels. <laughs> but good. Uh, but otherwise, okay. thank you all for joining us. Thank you to Adam and Chris and Rena for joining me for this and jumping in on a little bit of fun and a little bit of nostalgia to those underage, irradiated Terrapin warriors <laughs> and the games that they have spawned. And thank you so much for hosting this. It's been a great, it's been a joy. I've been looking forward to it. Rena, this is the first time we've, I've got to interact with you in, in, on RPX. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I wanted to ask you real quick, would you like, is there anything you'd like to plug before we kind of slide out of here? I write for Call of Cthulhu mostly. That's generally what I do. So you can find all of my scenarios on RPG including my slasher Saturday the 14th and my Dolly Parton homage Jolene. And yeah, you can find me on just about 
most of the Call of Cthulhu podcasts are on the internet at this point. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. It's great. I, I look forward to seeing what our what our critters get into. On, Thanks for having uh, me, Davis. Oh, my pleasure. And for those of you tuning in, I wanted to thank you for tuning to another episode of RPX uh, Row Up. If you like what you hear and you would like to contribute to help us keep the website hosting bills at bay, you can find us on patreon.com slash Exchange. We are also, we have a webpage, com, and Facebook, facebook.com slash Exchange. And finally, we're on Twitter at, or X, but I refuse to call it that. And working on a blue uh, checkmark, whatever thing that's coming up. You can find us at RP Exchange. And yeah, so if you like what you're saying, please you know, drop in, leave us a comment, or, and we look forward to hearing from you. So anybody else have any? David, would you like to plug anything? Nope, not at this time, other than thank you all for listening. And take a look at Julian Kay's Mutants in the Now and Mutants in the Next, just out. Meeting Julian was one of the highlights of Gen Con and anything that we can do to support this game and get the next mutants in the, I don't know what is going to follow next, but just looking at all of the things in here, this is a very beautiful book and it's a very fun little game. I, I highly encourage everybody to pick it up. Mutants in the now, mutants in the next, all of our love. And thank you all for listening. And I think this is the part where normally review cultists would say, good night, Internet. <laughs> Sleep well. <laughs> and y'all take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we didn't think this good one night. through.